Hello everybody, it's Precious Pioneer and welcome back to another episode of Precious the Foodie. I am so happy that you're here tuning into this week's episode. I just wanted to say that with everything going on relating to the world's problems, COVID-19, and climate change, it's so easy to feel overwhelmed and like we can't do anything to help. After all, we're just individuals, right? But that's simply not true. You're a domino. You're that extra seasoning that takes the dish to a whole new level. You're the key element of a butterfly effect that simply would change the face of the earth. And today I have a special, a wonderful guest from the UK where we'll chat about the powerful impact we can leave as a simple individual. Let's jump in. Hi, welcome to Precious the Foodie Podcast, the show that will uncover stories through palettes and memories. My name is Precious Pioneer, your host. I'm a chef, a creative, and a foodie. I'm meeting people all over the world using food as a medium to highlight truths into bite-sized pieces. So I'm Jess Rigg, I'm a sustainable a sustainable living blogger, podcaster and Instagrammer and I'm from the UK. Uh, I'm so excited to be chatting to Precious on this podcast today about sustainable living um, because it's something that I'm really passionate about um, and I would like to share that with all of your listeners. <laughs> Awesome. Jess, I'm so happy that you're here on the show with us. I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, what's it like living in UK right now with, you know, the coronavirus and everything going on. Are you still in quarantine or are people um, branching out a little bit more? Mm -hmm. So we've actually just gone into a second lockdown. So from kind of like spring, summer, um, things started opening up like restaurants, shops, um, you could travel around. But now the situation's got quite um, bad. So we're just going into a second lockdown tomorrow. So all restaurants and bars and non-essential shops are closing. Um, and we're being asked to stay at home again. So thankfully I work from home and I'm a university student. So everything is like done from my bedroom right now. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's quite difficult, I think, especially because we're going into winter. I'm in London and it's quite cold and grey and rainy. So mm -hmm. I'm worried that it's going to be a little bit sad, you know, just sat in my room watching the rain go and not being able to go outside or meet with my friends. But mm -hmm. I guess at the end of the day, you know, if I have to stay home for a month and it helps save lives and helps control the virus, then it's worth it. And hopefully we'll be able to meet with our family and stuff again at Christmas time as well. Right, exactly. I, I completely understand how you feel. Um, I feel like I've been in quarantine since like March and granted, you know, some people are starting to go outside in America, you know, but because uh, there are some people who are like very risque, you know, you just never know what situation you'll be caught in. So um, with winter coming, I know it does get colder. And so it just feeds into that because I know a lot of people suffer from, you know, like, what is it, seasonal depression, you know, when everything's just dark and gloomy. Yeah. And um, I just feel like maybe we just have to find new outlets to kind of make us feel homey, you know, and to call people and really be in touch of, with our loved ones um, if we have them readily available, I suppose. <laughs> 
I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you said that you are involved with a lot of sustainability initiatives with your blog, and it's something that you're passionate about. And I wanted to ask you, how did you even get started and what was that journey like to where you are now? Sure. So I don't know if you remember, I think it was maybe 2016, there was like the whole Save the Turtles campaign thing that was going on, like trying Mm -hmm. to ban plastic straws and tax or ban plastic bags. And Mm -hmm. I remember that seeming like it really made sense at the time. Obviously, there are issues with the plastic straw ban because not every like some people um require plastic straw because of their disabilities but in general you know we don't all need plastic straws and Mm -hmm. I remember thinking yeah that really makes sense that's something that I can definitely get behind so I started to cut out single-use plastics where I could so maybe not get that Starbucks takeaway cup or get a reusable water bottle and then as I started looking more and more into sustainability and zero waste living and what that meant and what else you know kind of linked into that like ethical fashion and responsible travel it Mm. all started to kind of piece together and honestly I don't know how I could now return from kind of living this way Um, Mm and it's really revolutionized my lifestyle and my choices and yeah so I started cutting out single-use plastic, but like I said, I started researching more and more into sustainable fashion, into the impact of plastic, into flights and the carbon emissions and just everything really. And then once I, like I said, once I got into it and I had all this information in my head, I couldn't go back and I wanted to make that information accessible and easy to understand. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is why I started a blog and I started talking about it on Instagram because I it can be quite overwhelming you know like when you first come into it because there Mm -hmm. are so many different things and you realize that the entire system is kind of against us and it just promotes consumerism and capitalism Mm -hmm. and it's quite difficult It's, it's difficult to deal with in terms of kind of your mental health as well because on one on the one side I find it quite positive because it's like a new community it gives me a purpose it helps me assess kind of who I am who I want to be and what kind of world I want to live in Mm -hmm. also it brings a lot of guilt you know maybe you forget your water bottle and it's okay I'm gonna say 30 degrees celsius I don't know what that is in fahrenheit I'm sorry (laughs) it's okay (laughs) it's hot okay and it's the sun is baking and you know you've forgotten your reusable water bottle you can't just it's not good for your health you know to not drink water so and then I would spend the rest of the day feeling so guilty that I'd bought this one plastic water bottle I'd make sure to reuse it you're supposed to reuse them 10 times to balance out their impact and then I'd recycle it and but then I started looking into the recycling system and in the UK oh goodness 50% of the stuff that we send to be recycled actually gets recycled and that's another thing and you're like oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? What is this system? What is happening? Why Why mm-hmm. is it it's so inefficient? And so you get like all worked up in your head and then you, you have the other side of it where you have eco-anxiety and you're constantly worried like about kind of the climate crisis and what's going to happen and everything. So it can be a lot. And I wanted to try and take the load off for newcomers to sustainability and just make it a positive thing and try and make it less scary and to show people that they're not alone you know a lot of environmentalists feel this way and this is how you can cope with it 
And also, yeah, just to make it a bit more accessible because sustainability, there can be a lot of big words and a lot of confusing things and people saying, oh yeah, we're really good for the environment, but actually they're not and they're just lying and it it can be a real Mm -hmm. difficult thing to work out. So that's kind of why I started doing what I'm doing and what got me into that. Yeah, that's incredibly intriguing because I feel like I started down the same sort of path. You know, I think like you said with the straws, like don't use straws was really trending for so long. And then you really begin to question like everything that we've been doing thus far. And it seems as you dig more, it seems like the mountain, you know, just gets bigger and bigger. And then when I heard that recycling kind of died it's like more disheartening and um especially when we live in such a consumer-esque society where they Mm -hmm. where people value convenience and you know on my end I'm really passionate about food and because like how I see it is like out of all of the world the problems that are in the world currently like as an individual I know that I can't solve all of them and so I pick a tiny little market Mm -hmm. and so which actually turned out to be an incredible market you know for Mm -hmm. food and how it relates to agriculture and CO2 emissions and, you know, like all the cows and methane Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of it, it turns out to be this huge problematic thing that contributes to the climate crisis. And so with that, I wanted to ask you because a lot of people are not necessarily against it in a certain way, but it's hard to feel that you have any sort of value when it comes to an individual scale when there's 7 billion of us, you know, like you may believe one thing in saving, uh, plastics, you know, it does accumulate over time. Like that's something tangible that we could see. But when it's making conscious decisions of riding your bike or walking or um, Mm -hmm. things that I feel like people need to see certain things to truly believe it, or whether that's consuming more meat than the average person and how that contributes, you know, so how would you talk to someone who doesn't feel like their individual impact actually makes a difference? And then how can you compare like an individual experience versus like where you actually need a community of people to actually create policy changes and things like that Mm -hmm. well I think the end goal and what we should all be working towards is a community and the world kind of coming to together to create that legislation or to change the legislation or um to actually make big change because as much as we can be vegan or we can never fly or never use a car again, just walk everywhere, or we could never buy a piece of clothing again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's great. And I think it's important because that's something that you do have control over and you can change. So those small, I mean, not those things I mentioned, but small steps, you know, like maybe just eating no meat on a Monday or buying from like a second hand or vintage store instead of H&M or whatever you know we can all do these little things which help us keep connected to the cause they help us find a community and feel like we are part of a community because we are still making those changes that are controllable it can be really easy to lose sight of the bigger picture and I'm guilty of it I've done it myself where I'm like oh I'm doing all of these things in my life but then maybe I just forget like to email my representative about I know in America you have like the Green New Deal we had a a similar thing kind of like I think it was called the Green Recovery Plan which was coming out of COVID to try and move into clean energy and I completely forgot about it and then I was like oh yeah I can I mean I can email my legislator about that and 
you know so it's important to try and see the bigger picture as well as just maybe taking the bus instead of driving Mm -hmm. and but that's not to say that those aren't important as well you know like I think in our lifetime we use like 300 toothbrushes right Mm -hmm. so that's like you said that's like 300 less pieces of plastic that's going into the ocean or into landfill if you use a bamboo one or if you use like a reusable electric one and then you can recycle the heads Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree that um, it can be difficult to get out, to either get in or get out of that mindset of actually making changes in your individual life. But like you mentioned earlier, you chose food because it's something that you can control. And I think that that's important as well. Whether you choose one thing or whether you try and do the whole sh- sustainable like shebang, just <laughs> choosing one thing is enough to make an impact and to make a change but you also have to kind of put that alongside and maybe protesting if you're able to protest or if you can't protest Mm -hmm. emailing your representative or just talking to someone talking to a parent or to a friend about sustainability and getting them involved as well so Mm -hmm. I definitely think that it's important to balance the individual and the community And I guess at the end of the day, we can't actually make change if we don't all work together. There's quite a famous quote that always goes around. I can't remember who said it, but it's about like being, we need like millions of imperfect vegans rather than 10 perfect vegans because that's what's Mm -hmm. going to have the bigger impact. So it's kind of like that sort of thing where if everyone just chips in a little bit, we can definitely make change quicker that way. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I see it too because I don't think it's about perfection because we aren't that way just by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but your little bit of something and my little bit of something actually, it's like all about the 1%, you know, if we each get 1% a tiny bit better, you know, each day, each year, you know, with seven, like numbers work in a positive way and in a negative way. It's a double-edged sword. So if we all move in a positive direction, even if it's really small, it's actually a really big jump from mm-hmm. where we before. But that being said, I wanted to ask you because you we were talking, you mentioned about, I guess, like feeling guilty, you know, mm-hmm. for certain decisions, because, you know, sometimes I feel that way, you know, like ethical, uh, sustainable fashion is incredibly expensive. If you want something new, or if you want like a dress for an event, you know, I find that mm-hmm. sometimes you make these purchases for specific events or certain milestones or if we need, you know, a blazer or something for work, you know, that's not something that we can necessarily find at a thrift store oftentimes because it has to be the right size. And so I wanted to ask you, what ways can people move towards a greener, I guess a a greener way, you know, because it does make a difference like monetary wise and how to cope with that sort of guilt feeling, especially when it's related to because I think that the climate crisis kind of has a timestamp. And so it feels like we all have to get better now, you know, because we only have 10 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so that guilt just comes naturally by the day to day because they have put a clock on this sort of uh, change that Mm -hmm. we need to turn to. So I wanted to ask you what you thought about kind of how it was all related. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, like you say, so there's sustainability in the movement, in, you know, in sustainability, in veganism, in ethical fashion, there is a lot of privilege if you are able to do that. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned, there's the cost factor, there's also a size factor. 
you know, if you're straight size, like if the sizing is different, but you know, if you can go into a store and you know that you can find clothes that will fit you in there, like that's not everyone has that. And it's mm-hmm. not only in the um, sustainable ethical brands, but also in like secondhand stores, maybe they don't just, they just don't have that size available. Mm-hmm. And so if your only option, you know, for cost, for time as well, it takes a lot of time to research these brands to make sure they're actually sustainable and stuff. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of different things that kind of tie in to reasons why people might not be able to shop sustainably. Why I say so- shop sustainably, I mean kind of buy with ethical brands because mm-hmm. there's other ways to shop sustainably that aren't just kind of dropping like a hundred pounds on a pair of cycling shorts I don't know because they're made from like recycled plastic or whatever but so I think there are definitely ways to do it so one thing that I kind of always think I'm not sure if everyone will agree with me but I think a sustainable way to shop is just to buy something if you are going to wear it if you're going to wear it more than 30 times if you if it's going to last if you're going to take care of it you're going to wash it like it says to wash it on the label and you're going to sew a little hole if there's a hole in it you sew it or you mend it or you know if you're going to really take care of that item of clothing and you know that it's going to last you a long time it doesn't really matter where you get it from because it's about buying less and taking care of what you have that can Mm -hmm. be sustainable you know that we run the risk of falling into this kind of like green capitalist society where it's like everything's made from recycled fishing nets or recycled plastic bottles or it's all organic cotton but we're still producing so much and we're still buying stuff we don't necessarily need but it's all right because it's sustainable so it's really tricky to find that balance between one su- supporting sustainable and ethical brands because they're generally small independent brands at the moment they're not the norm so we do need to support them to kind of make it more the the usual thing for brands to do so there's like that part of it but there's also you know I mean have you like have you seen how many companies are selling reusable water bottles like we do Mm. not need that many reusable water bottles so it's like I'm worried that we will fall into that trap with fashion and with everything So I think really, yeah, it's just thinking about, do I actually need this? Am I actually going to wear this? Will I be able, will it last long enough? You know, because another problem is like with the fast fashion brands and high street brands is they don't always have the best quality. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, if I'm going to have to rebuy this t-shirt in a couple of months, but I could afford, if you actually can afford to spend a bit more money but it will last for five years then probably in the long run it might be worth it but again not everyone has that cash to spend up front so it is a real minefield so I would just say if you if that is what you can afford that's what you can buy fast fashion then do that but kind of just really try your best to wear it a lot and take care of it and I don't think anyone would kind of want you to feel guilty for that I think the problem arises when it's like these influencers and not just influencers you know a lot of young women as well and not necessarily just young women but a lot of people Mm -hmm. buy 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 and maybe they only wear it once because they only want to like see it on the on instagram once or they wear it for a party and then they never wear it again and i think that's that's what we need to address it's that mindset change um that needs Mm -hmm. to come where it's like you're just buying it and then you're either throwing it away or it goes to the back of your wardrobe and it never gets seen again 
Whereas if you're buying something that you know you're going to wear and you're going to love, like a blazer for work, like you mentioned, and you're going to wear that mm-hmm. like every day for work, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's sustainable, wearing what you already have and then buying something that you know you will love and wear. Personally, I think that's just as sustainable as buying. In fact, it's probably more sustainable than buying something new because it's advertised as sustainable and then you never actually wear it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely like what I would say. And it is natural to feel guilty about it, but yeah you have to kind of be strict with yourself and be like look I am one person <laughs> I am not <laughs> you know I'm not I don't know Jeff Bezos I can't just go out and have someone buy me all of these ethical clothes that are going to perfectly fit me or whatever like it's just exactly. not it's not realistic for so many people and it's you wouldn't say that to, like you wouldn't call out your friend for doing that well that's true you know, I well mean, yeah that, if that's all no. that they could afford and or that's the only place that sold their size you wouldn't be like oh well you shouldn't have bought She's that She's not sustain- yeah gone naked do you know what I mean so it's like <laughs> why would you do that to yourself that's how I try and think of it and it is really difficult because we are so critical with ourselves especially I think as women we are quite critical with ourselves so I think it's it's easy to fall into that. But you just have to think, would I say this to a friend or someone? And if you wouldn't, then don't say it to yourself because you, you know, it is what it is. Right. I think I think you're completely right because of the just monetary difference of different people, you know, like it's nearly impossible to have an entirely ethically sourced wardrobe. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, though, I think we can make those changes just by our mentality of how we actually purchase things and to be mindful of our consumeristic purchases, you know, so just ordering a bunch of things off Amazon because they come in a couple of days isn't, you know, a justified means just to fill your closet. And I think that I really started to get into it because I was curious about minimalism because I tend to have just random knickknacks and things from all of my travels or whatever it may be. And I got fed up, I suppose, with all of this, all of these meaningless things, you know, and so I decluttered. And then also I was looking into what that means for like a wardrobe. And I find that there was this experiment that happened a couple of years ago about this lady who only had like 36 items in her wardrobe or something like that like 36 items for um the year for and I think that's where capsule wardrobes really took mm-hmm. off I suppose and I'm and I think her story was just really inspiring because I think as women you know like I don't know for guys maybe I, I don't know their perspective but I think that we feel the need to have have all these accessories and to keep up with the trends or whatever's fashionable that year and all these different things. And it's kind of exhausting and also very wasteful, I find, because it's just like, it's a terrible example, but I was thinking like cheetah prints, you know, good this year, but then you won't see it for another 10 years, but then it'll be trending, the exact same shirt will be trending later, you know, and so it's just a lot and I think that making those conscious decisions like for me I decided to go for like a minimalist wardrobe in the sense that you know that it's it will last over time you know it's mm-hmm. like good quality and it's I can still express express my style in different colors or prints or something but I made that decision to just keep it very basic and so that it will last a long time um, something that I just really enjoy not necessarily what's um, marketed. And so I think that being in tune with yourself and your own purchases could really help with that. 
On the other side, though, I'm just curious to see, like, I feel like even though there's strong individuals and communities that are moving towards being green and towards being mindful about their purchases, Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see, like, what I feel like we're up against, like, big corporations and companies, you know, like, I don't think malls will just disintegrate, you know, and Mm -hmm. convenience is only getting better. You know, you can ask Alexa to order your food nowadays, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just too easy. And so I'm curious to see where we'll be, you know, if we're actually, if enough people will actually not necessarily believe it, but believe it enough to make changes, I suppose, because at least here in America, you know, I, I feel like it's always just a battle just to get people to even believe in the science of before even making a change, you know? So in some ways, it's a little discouraging. Yeah, definitely. But I I am optimistic, you know, in places, like if you look at Scandinavia, for example, I mean, they're not perfect, but they have made a lot of changes kind of that are ingrained in their culture and their legislation and stuff to be more sustainable. And I am optimistic, but I agree with you in the fact that I'm not I'm not convinced it will happen yet especially because well I know in your country and also in my country the government doesn't really seem to to care about the climate crisis at the moment Mm -hmm. um so it's difficult to see how we could change when the people that are supposed to be making the change don't care or don't even think that it's real so it, it it's and it's easy. It's really easy to get down about that and just to feel a bit like helpless. Mm-hmm. And no, yeah, it's really tricky. But I I'm positive, and I think if we can talk to everyone we know and talk about it on social media, I think social media is really going to be the way to reach young people on this issue. And mm-hmm. I hope that through that and through kind of educating people and showing them the real impact of the fast fashion industry or of the meat industry or whatever industry they're all bad probably um (laughs) you know and we can show the truth behind that then we might have a chance of reaching people and I do think that like I mean I'm 19 I'm not sure if I'm Gen Z maybe I am maybe I'm like on the on the edge of Gen Z well I (laughs) hope that my generation or the one after me (laughs) will be able to band together enough to actually make a change and I just hope that it's not too late yeah that's how I feel too I feel like I think that just having these conversations like the one we're having now and just normalizing that people are talking about it, um, whether that's within your friend group or with other people that you surround yourself. I think that just living by example honestly makes a really big difference. And um, also the way that you live on social media, if you're posting your highlight reels, then Mm -hmm. if sustainability is a part of it, that can really just spark a conversation and encourage others to make maybe small actions in their own lives. And I think that's where I wanted to transition my podcast show a little bit and bring up more, uh, have more guests on the show like you to um, really put some insight on that because I'm not an expert by any means. And I'm still learning a lot about it myself because it is a giant rabbit hole, (laughs) essentially. And so I wanted to ask you just like, what do you hope to do with your platform? I guess like what is the end goal like with all of your blog posts and things like that? What do you really hope to do with that? And then also what kind of topics and different things do you cover with your content? Mm-hmm. Um, so to 
speak to the first point I think people always say this people are always like if I can just change one person's mind or just influence one person's actions to be more sustainable or you know maybe take the bus or to I don't know to not shop at Zara then that is like enough and I do I genuinely do think that you know I've had quite a few messages over the over the years or months or whatever that have been like oh I really loved this episode it really changed my perspective on this or someone might message me like thank you so much for sharing what you're doing it's so educational it's so informative and honestly that just like makes my week and my life because that's all I really want to do is just change people's mindsets into a more sustainable one and I guess it's a way of helping to create that community that we need to push forward with that big picture change because you like it could just be one person that I'm friends with and maybe I tell them about this thing and they're like oh great and then in 10 years they're the one leading the country um Mm -hmm. you know you never know who you're influencing or what they could go on to do as well so it's like just trying to create this community of incredible people that want to make a change and that's kind of my big end goal but um yeah even if it's just one person that's enough for me because that's like a lot less plastic going to the ocean and maybe a lot less CO2 CO2 that's you know going into the atmosphere so yeah Mm. I think that's that's kind of like what I try to achieve and sorry what was the second question oh what what kind of content and different topics do you go into because like I saw that you uh, cover so many different things related to um, less plastic waste fast fashion sustainable food carbon emissions and so I wanted to kind of know like a little bit specifically like what topics do you write about and what listeners can look forward to when they check out your blog Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on my blog and my podcast and my Instagram, on all three platforms, they're all a bit of an amalgamation of everything. I tend to encompass it under sustainable living or low waste living because there's veganism, there's ethical fashion, there's responsible travel. There is uh, the zero waste element of it as well. So I just try and cover all my bases. On the podcast especially, it's much easier because I can get other people to talk about them. Mm-hmm. So I can get experts or I can get just someone who's experienced something um, interesting to talk about that that and how that relates to sustainability and stuff. So I try to cover as many things as I can and to make each of them kind of as easy to understand as I can. And yeah, so generally, I think probably the thing I'm most passionate about is ethical fashion. I work in the sustainable fashion industry, so it's a big part of my life and that is probably the one thing especially as a young woman and I see a lot of my friends you know going out shopping and shopping all these fast fashion brands and then only wearing something once and they're the people you know they're the people that I'm around and they're the people that I love and they're the people whose minds I want to change really um Mm -hmm. so I think that's definitely probably my most passionate about thing but yeah really it's just a bit of everything which has worked for me so far because it also means that I get to educate myself and learn about all the different types and all the different ways that we can encompass sustainability into our lives. I love that. I I think that's really great how, I don't know, I, I love how you kind of took the initiative and you kind of saw a problem and you wanted to educate yourself on it and be a part of it. And I think that 
that could be said about like every industry. So like for the listeners out there, like whether you're in business or you're in restaurants or in fashion, wherever you are, I think that you could always bring a green initiative or sustainable a sustainable initiative to your company mm-hmm. and to your job. And I think even if that's just having a conversation or um, like you said, Jess, like sending a letter to your representative of your county or state or wherever you are located, those can actually make a really big impact overall. Mm-hmm. Even just getting like a recycling bin for the office, mm-hmm. um, just something so small, but you can really have an impact. Yeah, exactly. So Jess, something that I do with all of my guests on the show, if they didn't have an opportunity to listen to anything that we have said thus far, what would you have to say with them? Um, One last thing of advice, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, Find your why. Find out what you are really passionate about and what you really want to change and come up with a bunch of reasons why you want to do it and then do it. No, that's that's really beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I was so happy to have you. I think you really gave some really great insight into everything that's going on related to the climate crisis. And I think on an individual scale, I think people kind of get confused or aren't really sure on where to begin. And I think that was really helpful. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I've had a really nice time chatting with you. <laughs> Thanks again to everyone who tuned into this week's episode. You can find Jess on Instagram. Her handle will be listed down in the show notes. You can also follow the show at Precious the Foodie, or you can follow me at Precious Pioneer on YouTube or Instagram as well. Don't forget to give this show a rating on Apple Podcasts if you really enjoy the show. But as always, live life with love and love food with life. Catch you guys next time. Bye.